You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the Slow Ride Podcast. <clears throat> Alright, let's try it again, right? Sure. Hello and welcome to the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim Hayes in... Wait, sorry. Let's try this again. Okay. Hello and welcome to the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim and I'm in Princeton, New Jersey. Hey, this is Matt. I'm in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, how do you want to start the show this week, Tim? You know, I think I think we just nailed it right there. Um, we have a lot to talk about, and I think the first thing we need to talk about is the pending doom of British cycling. Um, <laughs> because Tommy Volkler schooled all of the Brits and actually helped British cycling by keeping them from having an Irishman win their race. That is true. So, Tommy V. So are you saying that if an Irishman would have Tommy won that race v. instead of Thomas Vokler, that uh, that would have been the, the complete unraveling of British cycling? Well, it was a tough week. I, got, I think it was probably hard for them because you got a Frenchman and then you got an Irishman on the British team. Like, I got to feel like as a Brit watching that, you didn't know what to want, you know? You were like, oh, I hate Tommy Vokler. <laughs> Freaking little Frenchman. Urgh, frog. And then, uh, and then you got Roach, and you're like, eh, yeah. I mean, I like him, but I mean, I don't really like I, him at I, all. Yeah, they gotta like Roach a little better, right? They like Roach. I'm sure they probably <laughs> like Roach. Are you? Um, are but you... I'm, I'm sure that uh, they would have hoped for a British winner to maybe have a little bit of good news in yeah. the week. Instead, they had um, nothing but doom. Ninety nine percent doom. Maybe some. They get one, one percent because Roach was on the podium. Maybe. Do you think know. it was? Well, I think that they they deserve a little bit of credit. That Tour of Yorkshire does seem like a fun race, but of course we're talking about the the complete well, collapse of British cycling and their technical yeah. director Shane Sutton, who was mm-hmm. accused of harassment towards female cyclists and then also discrimination towards Paralympic uh, athletes. In, yeah crazy amount of unity among the athletes themselves about yeah. the the let's, allegations let's or, say let's, well, let's also say long-term systemic yeah. sexism and yeah yeah it's definitely yeah. more than just him it's it's everyone who's coming out is saying that it's it's a problem within all the british cycling now there, there's definitely you know some people taking his side which we'll get to in a bit but not as publicly as those that are top level gold medal winning athletes that are saying, no, this is a problem. And it seems that, you know, his defense, Shane Sutton's is like, oh, I'm just a tough guy that wants results. And these people weren't getting results. One of yeah. the worst things he said was he told the athlete to, uh, you know, it's time to hang it up and go have a baby. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Classy. that was probably the, uh, you know, definitely one that, that catches the eyes. But then when he mm-hmm. starts calling um, Paralympic uh, cyclists uh, uh, horrible names based on, uh, perceived disabilities is uh going to be the uh the deal breaker i think for many um and then also you know british national road champ uh um, didn't do himself any favors with a quick tweet that then he deleted 
Yeah, real, uh, <laughs> real classy, Peter <laughs> Keno. I don't know. We what don't team know is he on? Is he on Sky? He's he is, on Sky. Yeah, he's on Sky. Yeah, yeah. He did he's not never do much. He did not do much to dispel <laughs> the allegations that are flying around. You know what I mean? Yeah. What, I know, what was his tweet? Like something along the lines like "Be tougher, don't quit." No. It was something like "Get yeah, you know, just like get over it." Or, it was. It um, was. Uh, I, I, I had it. I don't know where it is right now, but it was uh, essentially like, why would anyone give money? Like, why would sponsors give money to support the women's Giro? Because no one's ever heard of it. Your race is stupid. Like, women are stupid. Yeah. Well, you know, I forgot. I forgot about that part. He had like the two tweets, and they were both so. What a what what a classy guy! I you know, Mm -hmm. to me, um, Spencer and Matt, the the one that was my favorite part of this story is the whole. um, small bike shop that gives free rent to the director of uh, British cycling, Shane Sutton. And they just yeah. happened to have 2,200 pieces of British cycling kit, like between yeah. Jersey used frames, <laughs> yeah. all oh, kinds of weird, huh? like, how did this shop just, ha-? and they're like, Oh, well we bought it at a jumble. That was my favorite part. So if you read the story, they talk about <laughs> a cycling jumble. And so, uh... I know that people see us as a um, a beacon of culture in cycling. You know, they look at us as a yeah. bellwether of uh, you know seeing what's going on. I think that we just need sort to sort of a Thaddeus, if you will. Yeah, we, <laughs> Thaddeus Bull, Bellwether also <laughs> agrees in this that that we need to get rid of the word swap, flea market, anything, and just start calling it a um, a bike jumble. I mean, we don't need yeah. to call it a cycle jumble, but you know, hey, I like well, that. Why are you up in uh, Philadelphia? Well, you know, I'm going to the Trexler Town Jumble. It's one of the greatest jumbles in the uh, in the in the known universe. Makes it sound like all the bikes would just be piled together, and everyone would sort of run in like a scrum, yeah, and just sort of fight it out. What a, yeah, whatever you you know I pull mean, out of the pile is is yours for the taking. Yeah, for 13 years, this shop has been having an amazing eBay store that just has <laughs> like unused. Sky or British cycling kits, you know, and oh my gosh, I wonder how they did that, giving free rent to the technical director. Um, who, I mean, you know. what about his downfall? I mean, Sutton, we obviously this is old news because there's so much better and more yeah, exciting this, things this to talk about. Unfortunately, it's, happened the day after we recorded yeah. the last podcast, so but, it's it's like yeah. in internet years, it's it's uh, you know, so, pretty much over and done. Yeah, it was, well, it was on Tuesday night that he was suspended and then he resigned like five hours later like or yeah. i'm sorry on thursday is when he gave his resignation so in less than 24 hours he went from like the king of the world of arguably the best cycling federation besides mm-hmm. australia with the most support to now being you know what a rent-free ho- apartment above a shop which i'm sure they're going to get rid of because now he doesn't have access well, to the free kids they, they, he's not in there anymore from an article i read it's now the uh, german like track coach or something like that is in there what? so you know they're just gonna have like german that? kits now <laughs> oh wow that's cool uh, wow um well maybe uh whichever one of the eights tested positive can stay there while he waits out his doping oh. ban on this weird technicality so just last week on the podcast <laughs> little guy we were talking about who are Phil and Paul Sherwin going to be uh, going after? No. And you were talking about the Yates. And then yeah. that, of course, is the final shoe of this British Cycling Horror Week is one of their their bright young hopes, one of the twins. I'm pretty sure it was Adam Yates. Yeah, uh, I think so. Tested positive. And he gets a retroactive TUE, which, granted, you feel kind of like the protocol probably wasn't followed the way it should have been, where 
the announcement was given before the the WADA yeah. announcement. Like someone That's scooped. True. It was a classic scoop. But uh, man, the Yates boys. Well, what do you what do you guys think about this? Because as much as I think, obvious, it's weird that so many uh, cyclists have. Uh... Oh, someone's coming on the porch. As so many cyclists <laughs> have have uh, uh, have these like asthma medications i do feel like he's getting a little thrown under the bus because really like what like 50 plus percent of the peloton probably has an asthma tue um and he's just getting in trouble because the like, form didn't I get filled like out right 50 percent is probably a low estimate there a little bit <laughs> yeah well but you know what i mean like as much as i think it's shady and I, he probably he might not need it maybe he does and it and it it sucks that he's gonna take six months when like probably half the peloton's like oh that sucks they didn't fill out the form because i've got the same problem and they're using quotation marks so you know i had read a um a tweet you know 140 characters but it was a picture of another tweet so it was like 280 characters oh and it was it was talking about how it's like a book the uh um the drug that he got tested positive for like has been phased out like where there's like a there's a viable alternative that wada doesn't test for and it seemed like one of these things and then the doctor like comes in and says like I mean, granted, the doctor's probably paid a lot of money, and it's like, yeah, I just didn't fill out the TUE in time. And you feel a little bit. But the greater story here is that are we surprised that that this is going on? And second, like, uh, um, Tyler Hamilton already played the twin game, and now we have a real-life twin, and <laughs> there's some major issues here. <laughs> oh, that'd be really funny if he blamed it on his brother. Well, I was going to say one um... – there was a good article on cycling tips last week that uh, I think Shane Stokes or whatever like interviewed a doctor about the difference between the like thorbuterol and subuterol, the two different asthma medications, and and the reason you would use one rather than the other. Um, so there was some reasons, like some technical reasons, you would use this one as opposed to the one that isn't. You don't require a TUE under the WADA code, but it did seem a little weird. But there were some real reasons, which I won't go into because I will not remember them technically. Yeah. But it's a good article on cycling tips if you want to learn more about how you can get away with an We don't want to learn more here on the Slow Ride Podcast. <laughs> we just want pitchforks and torches. Well, my point is I don't think we should have pitchforks. But as much as I think it's, pitchforks! it's probably kind of shady. Pitchforks! And I'm, su- I'm sure everybody's doing it, and it feels... I, you know, throwing the guy under the bus for it. Eh. Hey, there is one uh, little guy. You mentioned it. Cycling Tips. Um, yep. Easily my favorite website on the cycling right now. Um, besides Inner Ring, it's a must. It's a must daily read for me. Um, yep. The the story on like that, like the in depth reporting on asthma medication, for example, that us cycling nerds actually cared about for a second. Yeah. And then even yeah. their um, their scoop on the whole uh, disc brake trial. And how it's going to be starting back up again in June because oh, the UCI so has determined that Ventosa's injuries were actually caused by Leave chain it. ring. Leave it to Big Disc to get their lobbyists in there and get that rules yep. reinstated. That is yeah. pure bullshit. The voters did not want that. No. I, uh, you know. Vote Ventosa. <laughs> I'm so worried, think, I'm worried is, for the state of the UCI. So, Spencer, is this the new form of Omerta, where Big Disc is now running um, the thing, and they're like telling Ventosa, like, hey, be quiet, and then they're going to have like a horse head cut off by a disc brake well, they, in the bed? Yeah, I mean, they already went for his kneecap, you know what I mean? Like, it all makes sense. <laughs> it's a, you know, in that cycling news article where they talk about this, uh, um, the reinstatement of the disc brake trial, they talk about like, 
oh well it's just going to have rounded edges like you're not going to have you're not going to be able to use the brakes that have the the crazy you know yeah, pentagram so pentagram look like, someone's going to someone's going to get out a file and smooth and polish out the edges of every yeah. every disc yeah some yeah. some 8 year olds in in china are going to be doing yeah. that in a factory yeah. before they it's, go out that's good that's yeah. good that's so one cyclist won't get hurt, and only like a million children will end up with carpal tunnel Probably syndrome or something. Less than definitely well, less than a million. Well, it's, little guy, there's going to be a lot of problems because they're all going to be creating different size disc brakes, and so a lot of the work is just going to go totally on uh, unheeded because all the rotors they're going to throw out half the rotors once they figure out what is the uh, standard. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure there's a scrapper nearby. Isn't you know, there? I've been meaning to tell you guys there's like the scrappers are like dropping the ball in my. My alley. I I threw out a chain ring a couple weeks ago. I put it on top of the trash can for the scrappers. They haven't picked it up. It's on the ground now. I put it back up. I keep putting it back up. They never Little get guy? it. Is it is it a SRAM chain ring? Because you know, no. Maybe I wouldn't it's blame a, them. It's a Sagino chain ring. It has no teeth on it anymore. But I mean, uh. it it's a chain ring. It's basically <laughs> a chain guard at this point. Uh. I'm just saying, two blocks away, the scrappers are on their A game. My block, no good. Maybe the aluminum is not uh, pulling in as much as it used to. Must not be. Yeah. Anyway, go on. So, um, I mean, we've pretty much covered the you know the big news. There's nothing else happened in the cycling world that was of any importance at all, right, Spencer? That that captivated That's... the internet for the last what seventy two hours of just well hardcore opinion experts uh, telling us what's going on. There was there was one thing. Uh... I think maybe that got a little bit of traction. I don't know. Uh, I saw I, something about it, I think, on um, NBC Nightly News. Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, I saw, uh, you know, the Darwin Awards um, giving, giving a, t- a tweet about yeah, this. I saw it on Deadspin maybe as well, actually. Oh, De- Deadspin. De- By the way, Deadspin, a lot of cycling coverage out of the last, like, three months. They hired a new writer, and he's obviously a cycling fan because they're doing, like, the classic Deadspin Gawker treatment of everything, but there's a lot of coverage on Deadspin on cycling. It's it's so, kind of impressive. Yeah. So bikes went viral is what we're trying to say, little guy. I know you're not on the internet, so maybe you're not up to speed on this. But wait, what am I talking to you guys? I actually have some like breaking internet stories to tell you guys about that. I don't even think. You okay. Know yeah. That. All right. We'll get all to right, that later. We'll get to okay, that later. Okay, we'll see who knows the. Internet. So this this breaking news, this breaking <laughs> internet viral story here, uh, has to do with the fixed gear. Uh, crit racing craze that is sweeping sweeping the nation nation, yes uh red hook crit uh in 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 the original red hook uh new york location yep was this past weekend and so can you talk briefly because i know know you went last year but i do want to for some of our listeners like red hook crit you say the original location in red hook Talk a little bit um, about well, the uh, the greater picture of what the Red Hook is being is accomplishing. Yeah, so if you're unfamiliar, uh, Red Hook Crit is a series of crits. Uh, there's four now, one in Milan, Italy, one in uh, Barcelona, Spain, one in London, which I think is uh, Scotland, and one in New York City uh, in Red Hook, uh, which is... Not in the same course as the original, like eight years ago or something, but uh, nearby. Um, anyway, I went and did it last year. It was a phenomenal event. I was I was pretty much blown away. Uh, we talked about it at length on the podcast a year ago. 
you can listen to it. Do they allow discs in that? Or no, there's... Uh, it's they still, f- like, calipers? So there's a... Um, so this crit is not a normal crit, little guy. It's actually done on track mm. bikes. Uh, so there are track no brakes at all. They just mm. avoid... They cut out that whole drama um, by just good. taking away the brakes altogether. Okay. NJS approved, or are we just any track bike? Any track bike. Okay, got it, yeah, got yeah. it, got it. Bunch they, of garbage. Bunch of garbage. Thousands of people, little guy. <laughs> thousands of people are on the side of the road. Yeah. <clears> or side. The, the entire course is barricaded off, and there mm-hmm. are people, you know, we'll talk about the quality of the field in a minute, but Spencer, talk about what actually happened in the race yeah, that got on NBC the... News. Um, so they have a closed course. <laughs> fully fenced off no course crossings for pedestrians or anything so it's pretty much about as safe as you could hope for a crit course to be right yeah so i know that one time uh we were racing the saint cloud crit and a guy with a guitar strapped across his back <laughs> walked across the street in front of you and you almost murdered uh, him that was terrible i was in such a good position before that happened and then uh, i was like third wheel it was like a lap to go and then i was last wheel yeah Ugh. Thanks, yeah, guy with the guitar. That was my that was my win. That was my one W right there. All right, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so you wouldn't have to worry about that, even though you didn't have brakes to stop in case a guy with a guitar jumped out in front of you, because the whole yeah. course is closed. Okay, um, nice. It's really actually a well well run event, uh, but they have a, f- a follow motorcycle and a lead motorcycle. The lead motorcycle has a big uh, digital lap card on it, tells you how many laps to go. It's fancy, mind blowing. Yeah. So anyway, uh, they went to start the, uh, well, they did all qualifying races during the day. They did the women's elite race, and then they were going to start the men's elite race. Um, And there was some sort of miscommunication happening uh, because the lead moto was not ready to go. Uh, It's debatable whether he just wasn't ready, whether his motorcycle had an issue or what, but they blew the whistle to start the race. Everybody, you know, took off in full sprint and you know 40 meters up the road they all piled into the back of this motorcycle that was just stopped in the middle of the course what it, well, and like the first 20 or so people you know could obviously see it and move around it like school of fish style but everybody behind like you couldn't see it coming and they just plowed into it oh that's not good and it was brutal yeah like uh i would say a good 40 percent of the field oh crashed like hit the ground it, it's wow. one of those 80 percent of the field was held up behind it you know what i mean no oh, they red flagged yeah. it little guy like yeah, it, yeah. seven seven people went to the hospital it's one of those crash like non-life-threatening right. like everyone's fine but okay. it's one of those crashes that you watch hundreds of times not it. for the spectacle but you watch just because every time you see it you see what a different person or racer is going through like then all of a sudden you just see like oh i didn't see that wheel flying through the air like there's a lot of broken forks, um, a lot of turned bars, and the the reaction, little guy, was swift on Twitter. Um, I know you're you're not there as much, or on Instagram, and it was just like bikes with no brakes. This is the dumbest thing ever, and people going after about how if they had brakes, this wouldn't have happened, and it's never happened in a road race because if you have brakes, it's going to stop and. You know, there's just this argument. The motorcycle and, driver must have been a novice and inexperienced, and yeah, you know, he like it's all throwing, his fault. They were throwing the Anybody quality throw of the series. The <laughs> yeah, but but I, I see Spencer. I disagree. I think that they were throwing a lot of people under the bus. But it was more of like this focused rage yeah. on fixed gear racing and the type of people that go well, to these things, and therefore yeah. that is discredited as racing. But if you look at the people that show up to this race, fifth place, Daniel Holloway, 
who's been a multi-time national criterium champion. He couldn't even get in the top. I mean, he got top five. Barely. I mean, yeah. This is a legit group of racers that are showing up to this thing from around yeah. the world. They get thousands of fans there. They have legit non-industry sponsors, which is very important. Yeah. I mean, I am a huge fan of this event. I mean, it's sponsored by Rockstar Games. Like, when was the last time? Like, no longer do we even see non-industry event. I mean, look, Nature Valley Grand Prix is not even the Nature Valley Grand Prix anymore. I no, mean, there's... Trump hasn't sponsored a bike race in years. <laughs> yeah, that's true it's, too. I this whole thing in the reaction, little guy, you're gonna have to seek it out. But it's um, All right. yeah, <clears throat> it's sad. I can see that. But so I, but... I, I, I guess the thing is, is like everyone accepts that risk. You know, going in that that. Your stopping distance is different. Yeah. Like, who, well, who the hell cares? Like, why be mad if that's their decision? Like, I don't personally want to do it, but like, eh? You and know? that's what it is. Like, you've raced a track bike around in the velodrome, and you've raced a track bike around on the streets of of Minneapolis and Alley Cats, and yeah, you know, you kind of understand is. how it works. And I think it's a classic roadies versus fixed gear guys kind of argument, yeah. where. Yeah. They just don't understand each other very well. Like, I'm not going to say a fixed gear racing crowd is, like, innocent of not understanding what a real, like, a road racer, you know, has to deal with. But, yeah, I... It's different. It's definitely different crowds. Yeah. But I got to say, when I went there last year, I was kind of expecting it to be more of an alley cat than it was. And it was very much a criterium. It was very much the Athens Twilight experienced you know what i mean yeah well that's the it's like it's gone more that way for well, sure so this thing is huge right so so we all accept that and what 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 is crazy to me is that this event gets you know how we just talked about it gets thrown under the bus because this perceived messenger kind of fixed gear thing but it's not like moto like this is a tragic accident that also happens yeah. in road racing and they, they then just go like oh it's just dumb like unorganized yeah. it's like how many pro races I mean, Nature Valley Grand Prix, how many times have we seen motos stop there in the middle of the crit and cause issues? Well, how many I times mean, does, Athens Twilight times? last year? I mean, yeah, the three laps in a row, <laughs> four laps in a row, they're crashing into the back of that moto. Those guys had brakes. Like, where's yeah. the – like, every it, it happens. Pro, every pro crit I feel like I've ever watched, there's some ridiculous crash, and it's and people aren't are, are, don't come away. I mean, maybe if – I feel like more it's people that aren't into cycling are like, oh, that looks way too dangerous. I'd never yeah. do that. And some people are like, "That's great. That's really exciting. It seems dangerous," but it. But you don't have a bunch of roadies, I guess, leaving it being like they shouldn't do those anymore. It's but, a yeah. It's, it's because of the because you could crash. I guess yeah. you know. It's inherently dangerous. I have yet to see too much complaining among racers beyond the normal. Like, I don't understand what happened. It sucks, but they're still going to go to the next race. Like, I don't see any of the racers going like. Man, I hate that organizer. Worst thing ever. In yeah. fact, I see a lot of the racers coming to the defense of the organizer saying, like, yeah, this is a tragic accident. We've accepted what's happened. Hopefully it doesn't happen again. But this does – it's an inherent risk of going into a sport that – I mean, that race does have crashes. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And it's well, – they're yeah, fixed-gear bikes going around a 180-degree turn. People slip out, and it's exciting racing to watch. And yeah. a lot of people show up to watch that race. But man, you know, we used to race uh, the classic state capital crit in Minnesota, uh, which <laughs> featured a 180 degree turn as well. We did on our road bikes, and I swear to God, somebody slid out on that corner every single lap. Anyway, yeah, you know, much. like crashes happen. You know, if you put a pack of people on two wheels and tell them to go as fast as they can, somebody's gonna crash. 
Like, well, like Spencer, you remember the the so there was the original state capitol course. You yep. remember Tim, and then there's that extended one that we did where they went down the hill and like went around a parking garage, and then yep. we did that climb. We did it that I know we both did it that time. It was super super hot. It was like yeah, the the humidity level was astronomical. Um, but that had that blind corner that every lap somebody crashed on it was bottom of like a two block descent and you took a left turn and you either made the corner which meant you came about an inch from hitting the curb or yep. you hit the curb and then you hit a sign yep. it was like perfectly <laughs> placed and it was like there was a second where you came around that corner and you were like man i hope no one's on the ground in front of me because you were blind yeah for you couldn't see around the corner so, yeah and that was just part of the race and I, you know it was scary but like anyway, i don't know well i, I know that as, as many Minnesota listeners as we have, the bigger one of the things I do want to get to, Dan uh, Chabanoff, one of our uh, you know friends of the podcast, was talking about the defense of it. Richard Sachs came to defense of the the Red Hook crit, and one of the the racers got fifth place. We mentioned before Daniel Holloway, and we've talked about him in his kind of career in America and what we perceive is why he isn't on an, like the big team contract and how he's isolated in these races and. You know, he was there. He got fifth. And his reaction on this, like his post to Facebook about it, was impressive. He's like, you know, the facts, one of the most overall best organized events he's ever participated in. And he says, rider to rider, the least ego he's ever seen in a race, which speaks highly of him in the races that he's in and what we know about Holloway. One of the safest venues I've raced for as far as road conditions and barrier placement. The only full fully closed course he'll race on all year no spectator crossings and how many times have we been to races where there's that spectator crossing you got the volunteer from the you know (laughs) the homeless society um doing a fundraiser and they're blowing their whistles trying to get uh people away or the um you know it's it's just like it's a it's a kid that's volunteering for their hours to raise money for someone and they don't care. They've never been to a bike race. Or you have that crazy cop that's taken control of the intersection, and he doesn't understand how fast these bikes are coming. And then, um, you know, he says that he's going to go back without any question on – with no questions on organizational safety. Holloway is going to be back. And that speaks highly of that event. Now, he's obviously talked about um, the style of racing. He's like, you know – People are crashing more often in a pro-style racing. They're also racing on sidewalks at times, and they're not doing that at uh, Red Hook. Um, and he said that once he got going, it felt like any other race. Um, you know, there's things that he wanted to change up. He said like a softer style barrier, like a little bit more uh, hay on the barriers that you're crashing into. Yeah. And then also like warning lights instead of flags because it is in the middle of the night. I mean, but man, what a – you know, here's coming from a guy that's one of the most opinionated in the Peloton – that's one of the top level pros in the country at this discipline mm-hmm. and he's going to be back there. And I think that that speaks higher than any cat three that has a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it could be true, but you know, guys, I've been thinking about this red hook thing a lot and the backlash with, uh, you know, some of the editors of Vela news on Twitter, getting, getting into it with like yeah. the radivist, you know, like all factions of cycling media are like, at each other's throats about this with whatever opinion, whatever side of the fence they come down on. But I've, I've, you know, after some soul searching, I figured out what the problem is. I figured out why roadies are so angry at the Red Hook crit. And it's got nothing to do with the fixed gear. You know what it is? It's got nothing to do with the fact that the women are paid out equally to the men and have been forever. 
It's okay. got nothing to do with that either. It's okay. got to everything to do with the fact that there is no Masters categories. <laughs> yeah, I I was going to say, I think that it has more to do with the fact that it's a growing and it's bringing tons of new people into the sport and people don't know how to react to that. Because how did we get started? We got started on fixed gear racing. Remember yep. the only reason we started riding road bikes was because Bob, we trying at, the to get in shape Bob to, at the Velodrome was like, more. if you yeah. don't want to be a Cat 5 anymore and you pass the class, then you guys need to at least go ride around the lakes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we got we got started racing uh, alley cats on fixed gear bikes, and we liked that so much that we said, ah, let's try out this Velodrome we happen to have down the road. And then, yeah, we got into riding a road bike from that and got into racing and, from there. So, and before you knew it, we qualified for track nationals. Before you know it, <laughs> I was like racing that. the Red Hook Crit and not qualifying because I was not fast enough as a cat too to qualify for that race because those kids are fast. Yeah, yeah right around that lake more. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we've we've killed the Red well, Hook that's, Crit. Um, I had I knew nothing about that. Yeah, you should watch Somehow. that video, little guy. It's brutal. You don't. Uh, you're gonna cringe. Uh, I don't know. Hey guys, let's go into before we talk about the Giro. We got a uh, question, which I'm assuming comes from a uh, um, a Giro fan because it's Tafosi Calnago. Well, he says Buenos noches, Slow Ride Podcast. My name is Dayan, and I am very new to cycling. My brother is older, but I am better looking. He is also a very good cyclist. Do you think I could ever be as good or better than my brother? My friend in the local bike shop is called Andy, and he tells me that he is much better at cycling than his older brother Frank. He says the young brother is always better than the older brother. Do you have any tips to help me be a better cyclist than my brother? My friend Carlos says I don't eat enough, but I don't trust his opinion. Just so you know, I am much more popular and good-looking than my brother. Do you have any tips on how to be better than your brother at cycling? Yeah, I think younger brothers are always better, unfortunately, even though I had a soft spot for the older brother. So you're saying Dyer is going to be better than Nairo? Well, no, nah, that's probably not true. What I think the older, brother, the older brother has the upper hand, right? Because he can, he can sabotage the younger brother when the younger brother is a junior. Like, he'd be like, oh, yeah, definitely use 70 PSI. Yeah. But, the young, but, the <laughs> older, but the younger brother can learn from the mistakes of the older brother. You know, yeah, it's if true. the older brother tries a new training program, you know, the younger brother can see that it's no good to like sleep in the oxygen tent with the IV drip EPO all night. You know, he knows that's no good. Do you think yeah. that the, his friend at the local bike long. shop, Andy, is better than his older brother, Frank? <laughs> and I believe that his friend Andy was better than his than his brother, Frank. Yeah, I do. I, do. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, it depends on what, what you're really going for because uh, – you know, Frank like wins. Frank, if you're going for wins, if you're going for mountaintop classic wins with going full schleck, Frank well, is Frank is your man. If you're going for Andy classics was, wins, Frank is your man. If you're going no, for grand no. tour wins, then Andy's Look, your man. I I can't believe I'm going to defend Andy Schleck here, but Andy Schleck won Liège. Frank won Amstel. Liège beats Amstel. Am, yeah. If you're playing the game. Amstel, Fletcher, okay. Fletcher, right. Liege. Liege <laughs> is the one that wins every time. I don't know how it crushes Fletcher, which is an arrow, and Amstel, which is a beer, every time. But yeah. it does. It just well, crushes then, them. Okay. So then uh, what? how many things has Dyer won over Dyer has not won 
Anything? He once toured okay. San Luis this year down in Argentina. That's true. He did. Okay. I right. just think that he's he's so, young. I mean, we forget that that Nairo is like what twenty six. I mean, he seems like he's been around and at the top level for a long time, but he's really young still. Yeah. So like, so maybe this maybe this um, uh, sibling rivalry is what really is at the root of the Yates uh, issue. Oh. oh, you think it was taint- uh, tainted? Well, which one's like older? Is which one's right. the older twin? Um, that's what I'm saying. Maybe somebody was trying uh-huh. to, you know, you know, get a leg up on the other one because, uh, you know, they're tired of sharing the limelight. No, I like the sabotage. I like that Simon Yates was like, oh, just take one more puff. Just <laughs> just one more puff. Like, this is the problem with the like, Yates. Wait, which is, is that wheezing I hear? <laughs> you need one more puff. Which one of them won um, uh, with the classic, what's the race right after the tour? I can't even remember what it's so, called right now. So San little, Sebastian. Which one won San Sebastian good, last Good year? question, little guy. And, and here's how I answer remember. that. I okay. listen to what Phil Liggett says, oh, okay. and then I do the yeah. opposite, opposite, opposite of what he said. Because he's so going to be confused. Same thing. Exactly. Okay. Got Very it. good. So we're all confused. Okay, yes. so we don't know which Yates brother won. I guess we, let's all just agree that Greg Van Ermont won because <laughs> he was going to win. And and we'll just chalk it up to a technicality that he's um, not listed on. Sounds like, like a good I was going to say one thing, Spencer, yeah? which was that what was it? with all this brother stuff, we didn't uh-huh. talk about the fact that uh, the cousins, uh, the Hino brother, the Hinos, Sergio or whatever, uh, and JJ? got pulled from Sky again for uh, weird passport anomalies. And we didn't talk about that at all. That's because craziness. that's boring. All this is boring. Little guy, this is boring. It's part of the oh sky God. British implosion. I feel you know what that sound is, Tim? Oh, I'm, hey, guys. It's time for a pre-lap. It is for a pre-lap. This one's important to us because this is going to be the last pre-lap sponsored by Grand Fonda, New York, which is coming up in just a few, uh, few like less than a week. Yeah. Next Sunday, you got, le- you got yeah. less than a week to register. So, sorry, you got less than a week to register. It's on Sunday, May fifteenth. But the good news is, I'm going to be there. If you find me there at Grand Fondo, New York, I'll give you a high five. I'll give you a big hug. And nice. guys, I'm going to scout it out. I'm I'm scouting out the entire event for our debut at Grand Fondo, New York, mm-hmm. 2017. This is this event. Not only do you get a uh, bottle of wine, not only do you get a jersey, you get the opportunity to start a bike race on the George Washington Bridge. And you're going to be on there with 4,000 other people, so what could possibly be more exciting than a bunch of cyclists well, taking over the bridge, it, critical mass style, but you know you're all be, actual You know racers. what would be just as exciting? would be rubbing elbows with such celebrities such as Tim Hayes from the Slow Ride Podcast. Oh, yeah. Spencer you know, Howe who, who, of the you're Slow Ride Podcast. You're Matt definitely Allen gonna, oh, of the Slow Ride Podcast. You're running over Matt my Allen joke. Slow Ride Podcast is not going <laughs> to You're definitely going to rub Hayes elbows with Tim Hayes from the Slow Ride Podcast because they're going to be sticking out so far from the side of his <laughs> oh, bicycle. That's why that's I was trying to ruin your joke there, Spencer. But, yeah, good job. So the Grandfather New York, you've got the 100-mile option, and you have a 50-mile option. Mm-hmm. Um, you have preferred start corrals for Category 3 racers on up. You have an amazing... Um, uh, you can also get in the preferred start corral if you raise uh, a fair amount of money for the Grand Fund in New York Community Fund. Mm-hmm. This is the world championship. They get racers from all over the world. I was out there last year. We're talking racers and riders from Europe, South America. Um, they do a lot of great things for uh, testing. They they were the first ones to really bring the USADA testing to their yeah. event. 
And so they do um, – they're in the news because people are like, oh, a Grand Fondo got busted for – you know, some, someone showed up and got tested and they tested positive. People are like, it's a Grand Fondo. Well, no, they hire them to come to, to show that it's that yeah. level of a race. Yeah. Like There's that. continental you know, like, pros. They're taking it head on. They're saying, "Look, this is a pro event. We're going to have full on testing there." How many U- USAC races were doing that before this whole um, extra, you know, tax raise yeah. by uh, not, not <laughs> um, many. USA Cycling? Right? The, these guys took it head on, and they're bringing testing to uh, to our sport. Yeah. And it's it's a great event. And there's about um, ten of them around the world. Go to gfny.com to learn more about. Grand Fondo, New York, and enjoy racing up the Palisades over Mount uh, Bear Mountain, and then back. Fully so- sponsored by Campagnello, and the winner gets a fully equipped Campy Derosa bike valued there's, at over ten thousand dollars. There's got to be some sweet, sweet Strava sections on that course, huh? <laughs> oh yeah. That's, My goal is to maybe ride on one of the section. scooters in neutral support. <laughs> uh-huh. That's a good plan. That sounds good. You know, if you get on one of those neutral sports scooters, Tim, uh, if you could just kind of run the course with it and, uh, you know, kind of scope it out and let me and little guy know what we can expect, you know, I, uh, I hear there's plenty of climbing and, uh, plenty of scenery. So, I will. Uh, just and report I... back so we can really know how to, where to attack you, where we're going to be able to drop you. And I know that the three of us of the Slow Ride Podcast like to thank the Grand Fonda New York for their support of our podcast to help us, uh. Absolutely. Bring um, weekly episodic podcast entertainment to all the cyclists. So check out gfny.com. We'd also like to thank um, the Wide Angle Podium supporters and network. We have our first uh, special um, episode for uh, slow ride or for uh, Wide Angle Podium members mm-hmm. um, that is only available to them, which is a, a great uh, uh, addition. And the family of shows is fantastic. Of course, we're yeah. cross, talking about Crosshairs Radio, Kids Don't Follow, Honest Bicycle Program, and Adam Meyerson's Meyerson line, where they had Alec Donahue um, just last week. Rumors are perhaps a Ryan Trayvon episode coming up on the uh, <laughs> Meyerson line. Oh, man, that's <laughs> that going to be a snark fest. Yeah. And, and we have additional Premlap uh, sponsors coming up in the, in the future. Um, and anyone that's interested in uh, becoming a premium lap sponsor, you can contact us through Wide Angle Podium um, Network or through the yep. Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. And with that, we'd yeah. like to. Uh... Well, I just want to throw in. I'm really excited about this bonus content we're going to do uh, for the for the donors. I think this episode is going to be great. Um, and I know uh, Kids Don't Follow is also planning a, a pretty good uh, episode coming up here for bonus content. So if you want to hear those, got to become a member. Yeah. All right, guys. So this Sunday is the start of our favorite cycling event. Yes. Um, and I think it starts we, on Friday. And we've got the lead up to the uh, Giro. It starts on <laughs> Friday? Yeah, it starts on okay, Friday. Okay, I'm sorry. My, my apologies. Um, we got the, the Giro d'Italia okay. starting up. It, star- it starts on Friday in Italy. We're, we're no. doing it. We're no. doing the Giro. No. Wait, what? Wrong. Wait, what? What? Wait. <sighs> You guys, it starts on Friday in Holland. So, okay. I think you're thinking about a different bike race. No, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We're talking the about Giro, the Giro d'Italia. The Giro technically starts on Friday, but it doesn't actually start until Tuesday. Wait, okay. is that the first race got, day? I'm so got, confused. No. Friday is the first race day. Saturday, there's a race. Sunday, there's a race. And then Monday, there's a rest day. And then they go to Italy and they start the Italian portion of the Tour of Italy as opposed to to the three-day prologue of flatness. 
So there's a 9.8k opening time trial. So should we just mm. chalk that up to Tom Dumoulin winning that, and then just move on to stage uh, to the rest of the tour and how the, Dumoulin's going to lose the Giro? I don't think he's going to win. I don't think he's going to win it. He hasn't been in sparkling form. I I feel like Cancellara's riding it, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's yeah. in the Giro. Okay, I'm, so I'm putting my money on Cancellara for the first stage. Okay, so personally. so I kind of misspoke naturally. Uh, not the most prepared no. individual here. But we have the start list. They're on uh, ProCyclingStats.com. Uh, I think that what we need to do is, you know, we talk about the favorites, what we expect to happen. We'll make our picks. Spencer, we do have a Velo Games, um, so let's give them the number on going to VeloGames.com, how to sign up for that, and then we'll repeat it later in the podcast. But mm-hmm. we'd like to uh, have a Velo Games competition. The three of us will go against each other where, of course, we do our uh, patented uh, – Loser or winner gets to write paragraphs to be read verbatim on the um, uh, Slow Ride podcast in four weeks' time. And uh, so we're going to choose our own teams. We'll let you know who we think is going to win. And uh, so let's go from there. So, yeah, uh, we are all set up on velogames.com. You can go there and set up your team. Join our Giro League. The league code you'll need to enter, and we'll tweet this out as well, is 0402. Three six zero one. Pretty sure that's my USA Cycling license number. It's also yeah, your right. uh, your uh, social security <laughs> number, but don't tell anyone that. So, the Giro is here, guys. This is my favorite um, Grand Tour. Uh, I think the Volta, once it goes down to two weeks, will uh, will make it a little bit more oh. exciting. But uh, <laughs> stop I, it. There's a lot to uh, there's a lot to parse through. Um, mm-hmm. And one way that we can parse through this is that I am once again doing a uh, fantasy uh, Grand Tour League with some friends down in Orlando, and I have my draft on Thursday, so you guys can give me some tips on, on who to draft. But um, should we just go, like, who are the five-star favorites of going into this race besides, you know, like, the, the main ones and see where we're at? I, I think yeah. definitely Nibali is going to be on there. So, that, yeah, yeah, the main ones, obviously, Nibali, uh, your Betancourt, uh, your Cunego. <laughs> those are those are some of your five-star favorites. Right Greg Abole. Here's, here's the thing. I think there's a lot of good GC riders here, but yeah. I don't feel like any of the GC riders that are doing this race have shown a lot recently. Recently, Like, Nibali was a little off the pace at Liege. Uh You've got uh, you got like Aran who was who was off the pace, and he's uh, on Cannondale Andy. now. So you're kind of like, um, oh, okay. We got Cunega who's been off the pace for like six years. Uh, we got Valverde who's probably going to be good. We got Carlos Beckendor who's fat. Um, like, there's a lot of good GC guys, but there's not a lot of. I just I don't feel like anybody seems like a clear favorite right now. I think it's going to be a good race because there is a lot of like mystery. You, about form, like Landa's in good form, but like, I don't know. He hasn't. He's never really. He's only had one Grand Tour. Where that's he's ever what been makes up there. the Giro the most exciting Grand yeah. Tour of the year. You've got so, a defending champion in Hazedal who's not as good as he used to be. Well, a you former got, champion in Hazedal. Well, he didn't win it. Yeah, much. yeah. But I mean, you got a, def- a former champion. You got Micah riding for Tinkoff, but he hasn't been riding very well. So, uh, Zacharin is a he's a kind of a weirdo. Which so it's so a little guy. There's clearly though, been really well, though. He has been riding well. Yeah. There's clearly still a handful of guys that are you know Nibali, Uran, Valverde, yeah, Landa, um, yeah. you know that are up there at the top. I Pozavivo 
I mean, he's a total wild card for AG2R. Well, Last year, no, he had I the horrible this... crash, and now yeah. Italian back in his home race. Like, this could be good. I think um, he'll be good, but I think the the real wild card for AG2R is uh, Jean-Christophe Pernard is riding. Yeah, I did um, see that. And that's that's – I haven't seen really much from him this year, but he always brings a solid grand tour. And he's not riding the tour this year. He wanted to ride something with less pressure. I feel like he could be a real sneaker for them. Um, it's a – it's going to be a great race. And Spencer, uh, Pipo Pizzato, team leader for Willier <laughs> Southeast, oh, new yeah, sponsor. Oh, yeah, change, yeah. yeah. Um, it, is, it should be noted, they have an Albanian that is going to be uh, taking the start line. And I'm wondering if this is the first Albanian to be in a uh, Grand Tour, at least that I've remembered. And that's Ugert Zupa um, yeah. of Willier Southeast. So he will definitely be the one that I'm kind of watching just from a... You know, it's nice to see like the globalization of the sport. I don't know of any Albanian uh, cyclists. He's been. He did the Giro last year. I did he? I like. I just looked at his his oh, okay. stats page. He did it last year. One hundred fifty. So, so little guy on the spot. Um, who's your podium? You don't need to tell me who's the win, but like, who are the three that you're that you're you would go to Vegas and put money on? Uh, I'd say Landa, uh, Nibali, Valverde. Yeah, what about my, you, uh, Spencer? Man, they're gonna go into the superstars. Um, yeah, I think it's it's gonna go. Unfortunately, yeah, I don't I don't think Valverde will be there. I uh, I think Landa will definitely be there, and I'm gonna go with Uran having a breakthrough ride and getting on the podium. And I'm also gonna go with my dark horse, Stephen Kreiswick, on the uh, yellow oh. lotto. You were big into him last year. He rode yeah. a good race last year. He was, what, top 10? He was attacking a lot in the mountains with Hagedal. I think him and Hagedal have some sort of, like, we're both big and tall, third yeah. week, like, packed to go off the front together every five minutes. Yep. Yeah, he's uh, he's riding well. He's He's got something to prove. And the Giro, you know, is kind of like what you're saying. It's a little up in the air. Like, so uh, I think he'll go for it. All right. That's good. That's good. Timmy, what do you um, got? You know, I think... Uh... I still think that Nibali is going to be on the podium, um, just being the Italian uh, champ. Um, I think Zacharin will be there for Katusha. I think this is definitely a, uh, a Katusha Grand Tour um, podium written all over it. I don't know if it's going to be a, uh, a Rain Temere or if it's going to be Zacharin, but it's definitely <laughs> Katusha. It's Katusha is going to have someone on that podium. They, um, Putin demands it. And <laughs> uh, he's been demanding it for years, and it hasn't worked out and for him. So I'm a I'm a believer in a in a Dumoulin maybe getting it together. Now uh, my concern, you know, there's a little bit more time trialing, but uh, I, I think Dumoulin's got a good shot. I do also think that uh, Valverde will be in the top five. I don't know if he's going to be able to do the podium, um, but uh, and then Heshtal will be up there. I think it's going to be a very exciting race. I think it's going to be close. Because you look at it, like we mentioned earlier, it's just like each team has someone that can do it. And then you also have the stage hunters that are out there. Of course, you guys know how um, excited I get every time you mention Cunego. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's there to go after races. You got Pipo, Pizzato. You have Consolara to make some excitement um, for the Trek team. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I think sure. overall, I mean, there's so many cool stories going in this. Chad Haga of America is on the Team Giant, and of course he was the one that had the horrible facial injuries from that Team Giant training crash. Yeah. Um, everyone was talking about, uh, you know, what happened to uh, the main sprinter for uh, Team Giant, but it was Haga that, that really took the brunt of it. Um, yeah. And so, and then 
Carlos Betancourt wasn't even on the long list of Team Movistar, and now he's back. In Cycling News, uh, Cycling Tips, sorry, I had a story about this, about how you know he's rediscovered, he, he agreed to the contract buyout with AG2R, he was kind of left in the wilderness with them, and now all of a sudden he's you know on the, the Giro team, and he's totally primed himself to be the ultimate domestique with Andre Amador for Valverde, and... I can't imagine Betancourt isn't on the tour team as a domestique for Nairo. I mean, wow. you've He's got some, you got a lot of eggs. excitement going on here. Yeah. He's throwing all your eggs behind Betancourt. Yeah. So, of another Colombian, what do you guys think of uh, Chavez of Arica Green Edge? Any uh, hope for a top ten for him? Oh, for I think sure. it's possible. I just, I don't, I can't think. I haven't seen what he's been riding like lately. I, th- I think he's definitely got a chance. I don't know. Well, that he'll I mean, be let's, in the top let's put it podium this way. or whatever. He's got Sven Tuft there to help him. So That's true. There shouldn't be a problem. If he needs maybe like like a dumpster sandwich or something midway through the stage or something, Sven Tuft up the road. <laughs> he knows he knows where the spots are. He knows some guys down at the train yard he can get this dealt with. Is it yeah. against UCI regulations to have a trailer on your bike? Uh, I would say yes. Oh, okay, I'm just curious. Like not like a Ben like it'd just be really cool if on his last race before Sven Tuft retires. He gets like a, a ratted out burly that he dumpstered and he's got all types of like extra wheels and just like, yeah. I think, <laughs> like, I hey, think these are against UCI, but the Bob trailers are UCI legal because they go around corners a little better. Yeah. Oh, okay. Suspension and stuff. So who, if I have the first pick in this uh, fantasy draft, who would you guys, uh, who, who should I take and who do you think I'm going to take? Well, I, I obviously would take Landa cause I picked him to win. Yeah. So. I think I think I know who you're gonna take first. Who do you think I would take? I think you're gonna take Micah. Really? Really? Wow. Yeah, because you've been you've been talking about him here and there. Well, the only reason I talked about, love about him. I, I I sprinkle him in there because I remember uh, seeing him in the car at Richmond. Mm. <laughs> I was like very excited. I was like, oh, I See, think that's Micah. I think okay. I think Tim will be really really excited to pick. Uh, the gummy bear first in in yeah. his league, but he also knows that that is not uh, somebody who's going to get snapped up in the first round. Um, so he's yeah. gonna he's gonna bank on on the gummy bear being available in round two, Ooh, and he's gonna he's though. gonna pick up Valverde with the first yeah. pick. All right, I, I think I, that that's that that's probably the route I'm I'm gonna go. But it's definitely uh, everyone knows I want Betancourt, so they're yeah, totally gonna like. It's a little scary. Someone might do it just to get you, you know. So, um, who who do you see as winning the um, like the uh, the sprint uh, points oh. competition here? Like who's like who are some of the sprinters that are on this? Guy, uh, I guess I don't know. Like Kolbenev? Like I mean, I don't know. Like who well, the Kittle's there, right? Yeah, he's been riding better and better. Oh, I didn't um, see him on the list. Kittle's yeah, there. You there. know, he's been riding really well. Housler? Uh, yeah. Hi. He's been riding really well. I said he's been riding really well, and then you said Hausler. It didn't make any sense. Um, uh, for Trek, um, Nizzolo. Gian, Giancomo Nizzolo. He's Italian, yes. and he's been he's been riding really well the last really months. well. Yeah, and he's obviously obviously this is like the highlight of his year. Um, I think he's going to be there for the sprints for sure, and and obviously Lamprey's bringing uh, the dual Ferrari Madolo. Doesn't be the Ferrari will be good. I also and Demar's think, there, isn't he? Look at that. Yeah, Demar's there. He'll be he'll be he'll be good for at least one stage. Yeah. I was gonna say I think the sleeper sprinter might be Eric Greenedge, uh, Luca Mesca. Um, yeah, I've been hoping for him to like find his legs again. What He's about Viviani to... for uh, Sky? 
He could be there. Yeah, he could be there, but I mean, I feel like Sky's so... I feel like he's on his own. Yeah. And look at this. I'm totally overlooking Gripple on the start list. As I, oh, as Gripple I too? Down. Okay, so so there's Gripple, there's Kittle. But Gripple's then, been injured. And then you know, you've got the you've got that second um, tier, right? You've got the JJ Rojas, the Viviani, uh, yeah. you know. So, all right. And then who... The Jiro... What's crazy about the Jiro is the Jiro is always the unveiling of the next Mountain Hope. Yeah. I yeah. mean, of course, this is where um, Jose Rujano... Uh, uh, fit into uh I don't the think lore. anyone remembers him besides <laughs> you. Well wasn't this um wasn't Mauricio Soler also unveiled in the no. uh the I don't Giro? think anyone remembers first... him besides you. <laughs> I remember Soler. I, that, okay. that is such it's still heartbreaking to think of the way that guy's career had such a upward trajectory and then it was just cut short. He's on Team Barlow instantly. World. You know what? You guys on the Greenway today I saw a guy in a full Barlow World kit. Are no, you serious? You did not. Yeah, I did. Was he falling he off the side did. of a mountain? Oh, actually, speaking of guys no, you saw in kids. John Lee Augusta, yeah. I saw, riding to work, uh, a f- this was a few weeks ago. I completely forgot about it. Um, but I was riding through Harvard Square, going towards work, and I saw in Boston, in Harvard Square, a dude commuting in full kit in the morning, and it was a Minnesota junior racing kit what oh cool so some like so the... minnesota junior actually got like a really good scholarship yeah you're saying yeah. <laughs> like he didn't look like he was anywhere near junior age anymore a little, a little stretched but out that was random yeah that, that was random. it was an old one too it was like the old alan sponsored uh <laughs> blue and red kit that's pretty cool yeah so that was I random. Like that. i thought you guys would appreciate that so we, we encourage everyone to come to our juro uh Pick our Jiro uh, competition on Velo Games. We will tweet out the, the code. Um, we will have a prize donated um, by someone. We will definitely get a prize out there for uh, for the overall winner of the 2016 Jiro d'Italia Velo Games Slow Ride Podcast yes. League. Now, do you guys, are, are we going to do a special... Are we going to do a special one-off for the 16th stage? I know we're a couple weeks away, but I want to I wanna put it you know, out yeah, there. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's Tuesday, May twenty fourth. It's after day after a rest day. It is a brutal hilly stage. That's what I love best about doing our sixteenth place on sixteenth stage of all the uh, Grand Tours is they always fall the day after a rest day, they and do. it's it, it it's a total crapshoot. It's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's it's a brutal so, day too. It's the day before, so Sunday the twenty second. It's a mountain time trial. Then you get a day off, and then you've got a day with. Uh, three big climbs, and then you got some mellow days after. So the guys are going to come out of that rest day gunning for it. Do you guys want to? Should we? Let's not. Let's not make picks yet. Let's no, just think. Yeah, about no, it. we got some time yet. to do. But you know, guys, just, I mean, sixteen stage will be a thing now. Our Velo I mean, Games League Bernard, is a thing. But, you know. Velo Games League code again is zero four zero two three six zero one. And remember, you know, it starts Friday. And not in Italy. And not in Italy. So it's yeah, flat it's, the first three days, and then it gets yeah. exciting. It starts Friday, but like, if you like, if you like the Giro, you just start watching it on Tuesday. Let's do the outro. Wait, wait, wait! I gotta talk about the tapes I found. You guys, I found a tape called Dad Mix. <laughs> just Dad Mix. I found another tape that's labeled New Songs and Old Songs, and all these tapes are a lot of Jethro Tull. 
a lot of Steely Dan, and it's awesome. How often do you get to find tapes on the side of the road? Oh, you found that on the side of the road, not just in your uh, glove compartment? No, no, no. No, I don't have mixtapes this good. I've got all these albums, but I don't have the mixtapes. Somebody put together some smooth You know what I would do if I found those mixtapes on the ground, little guy? Yeah, what would you do? I'd say, holy shit, that's pretty cool. That's hilarious. I might take a photo to gram it, but then I would leave the tapes there because I don't have a tape player anymore, and no one else does either. <laughs> well, that's your loss. No, everyone has tapes. So, tapes so are back, it. you loser. The freaking the kids don't follow guys are just like, what the hell, dude? Tape labels are all the rage right now. They've been the rage for the last five years. This- the thing is, the reason I had to tape these tapes was some of them weren't in cases, and they were all homemade mixtapes, and they didn't have... They weren't labeled like tapes that just say dad mix or just say did you listen new to songs. Them? Yeah, like I said, it's all Steely Dan and Jethro Tull, yeah, so. Jackson Brown. But like you <laughs> don't know what's on there and it's it's I got to know. Like see there were some tapes labeled, there were some Jayhawks tapes, and some <laughs> Counting Crow tapes. You left those. I left those. I didn't This is Okay, you're reminding me of one of my favorite stories that we've ever had was when we were riding out near Minnetonka on the two miles of highway sponsored by the Dave Matthews Club, and I really wanted oh, to go out there. And that just, was great. I just really wanted to throw a bunch of Dave Matthews CDs and albums out there, so when they came by to do their monthly cleanup, <laughs> you tears. Should, you should explain this better, because people don't know about this. There's a, there's, there's a section around Lake Minnetonka, uh, west of Minneapolis, that's it's a very uh, upscale section of of the lake and it's it is sponsored the doing the road cleanup is like the dave matthews band club of minnesota so if we go out there it, can that be an official sprint sign then from now on because i've never it seen should this be. but you've yeah, never seen be. this no. it's, it's just if you know how we'd ride like ferndale west of uh yzetta yeah and then it's like you know and it stays like it's like super rich and then it stays super rich for the next, like, three, four miles around the lake. They, it's, like, right after Ferndale leaving Wyzetta. They've been sponsoring it for, like, ten years. I yeah, never noticed. I just a, never noticed. Hey, um, Spencer, I, I know we got to get to the outro, but... Good God. At Lane Softly hit us up on Twitter. And he says, hey, let's say you get fourth place in a race and they want you on the podium. Do you say no thanks or do you just grin and bear it? I say no thanks. We're going to address that next week because, holy shit, this has gone on way too long. Okay, I got a thing. I got I got one more thing for you, Spencer, and then and then you totally go away. Are you ready? Hey, why are all the wealthy gummy bear dentists showing up at cross races on titanium bikes? Is it because the iPads can't scan through the titanium? Call me a conspiracy theorist, but you can't spell motors without moots. <laughs> maybe maybe the heat camera Velonies did have a, art, a article about how the heat cameras were unreliable. Oh, we're All killing right, Spencer. That. We're fucking killing Spencer. And with that, we'd like to thank you for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Hey, we'd like to thank uh, BK2 for the intro and outro music. From Rhyme Series Entertainment. You can find it at BK1 at Rhyme oh. Series Entertainment. Nice try, little guy. You are demoted from the outro. No. Um, we'd also like to thank Wide Angle Podium Network. Become a member. Support your local podcast. And also... We'd like to thank all of our riders and listeners that wave at their fellow cyclists wearing spandex or not wearing spandex on the side of the road. And with that, we bid you adieu. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePodcast.